0: Welcome back to NFT Talks podcast. I am here with another amazing guest who's gonna pretty much cover everything to do with something I'm really interested in is NFT and music. Uh, Max Shand He's the founder of Serenade, which is an eco-friendly NFT marketplace for real fans, which is amazing. Um, so welcome, Max, how are you doing?
1: I am very well lovely to be here.
0: Yeah, and as you can tell by the accent, you're based out in Australia uh in the outback as they, as they call it how's everything exactly. over there
1: well you know what you would expect in in the outback for it to have a, a lot less rain than it does but it's been raining non-stop for four months and oh, um could you believe it that in a month i'm traveling to london and i'm excited to be in a place that has less
0: rain than sydney and <laughs> it's london i wouldn't say that max i wouldn't say that yeah. it rains over here <laughs> <laughs> so um you might be in for a surprise but um yeah thanks for coming on um Obviously, you've, you've got this amazing platform, which we're going to get into in regards to when it was launched and, and what you're doing now with partnerships. Uh, but what I want, uh, just before we start, just find out a bit about yourself and uh, your background. And how did you end up getting to this point where you're creating a, a Web.30 NFT marketplace in music? Yeah, so
1: I'll, I'll say that I ended up here. Um, through my passion for supporting the music industry but I certainly did not start off in the music industry I started off in tech and venture capital I was the first employee at a international payments company called Afterpay and after four years went from Afterpay into running my own uh, venture capital syndicate called Strange Love uh, and going into a management consultancy called Oliver Wyman uh, and About six months into that journey at Oliver Wyman, I wanted to um, do something that impacted my local arts community. And I joined the board of a local radio station, FBI Radio. uh, And that was my first insight into the music industry. And I loved it. And I started doing some music journalism kind of before my day as a management consultant began. And I was writing articles about uh, 80s UK synth pop artists like Cabaret Voltaire, orchestral manoeuvres in the dark and Depeche Mode. And I was absolutely loving that. Um, and about a year into my time as a management consultant, um, I had had my first exit as a, um, as a venture capitalist. I was getting some cool articles published. Um, I was loving the work I was doing with FBI and being appointed to their vice president um, role. And I thought, fuck it, I'm gonna go all in um, and I'm gonna leave my job and I'm gonna do something wonderful that I'm really passionate about. And then the world ended with COVID a week later Um, And everyone (laughs) thought I was a fool for leaving my my job, Um, but I knew that I was going to walk into something that I was truly passionate about. And I started writing more and more, and I wrote a piece for the Sydney Morning Herald on how musicians had been affected by COVID. Mm. Uh, And it was through that article that I interviewed artists who told me that if they didn't play live for a month, they wouldn't be able to make rent. And it just blew my mind, that disparity between the financial reality of an artist and how fans see them. And so I thought here's my mission, the perfect alignment of my passion for music and my less sexy passion for business um, would be how do I solve the problem of creating new revenue streams for artists by delivering wonderful experiences to fans. And my journey took me to NFTs as a way to solve that artist dilemma uh, because you can create one good that can be packaged up as additions sold to many. And each time those additions are sold, the artist will get a perpetual royalty and the artist can have full creative license to build whatever they want. um, And they can forge a direct relationship with a fan, which is something that an artist has lacked um, in kind of previous
0: decades. So here we are. Yeah, you know, I love that the fact that you've, you've led this by saying it's your passion. And that's what we need. I feel like in in this space is people that have a passion for something that they they, they want to solve a problem and they're using NFTs to do that. because I, I think if you enter the space in regards to a way to make money uh, and here's an opportunity, it's not always gonna be received well, but I mean, the fact that you're you, that, that's your approach and that's something you're passionate about, you're interested in music, uh, I can feel that it's gonna go a long way. And, and I can see that by, by looking on the actual Serenade platform, just small things that I've noticed that that is important, that I, I feel that the approach in regards to the user experience. I think something simple as that, you know what I mean? It's clean, um, it's easy to use. I mean, I see. I think I've seen one of your tweets talking about if your nan can't use it, yeah, web-free free space tool, like it's it's no good. And I think that's so true because that's what's needed in order for the space to grow. Uh, something yeah, so- I,
1: I, I, I truly believe that if you come into the music industry empathizing with the industry, mm-hmm. trying to understand how it works and solving its problems, rather than coming in as a tech company seeking out an opportunity to throw your best practices at at it, you'll actually have a far better outcome. And so I feel incredibly grateful to have been welcomed into the music industry as someone who's trying really hard to solve some some large global problems. Uh, And because we have a genuine empathy for the industry, because we love artists and fans, we are able to work with artists with integrity with authenticity Uh, and I believe that's where longevity in this space will be discovered it's not how can I make a quick buck it's how can I do what I've always been doing which is as an artist creating exciting goods for fans and as a fan it's trying to show that I am a qualified kind of well-loving fan eager to always adopt merch and buy records and that's how I display who I am
0: so let's talk let's talk about the problems like this this is it like what problems does an artist a musician and probably it's going to be the same for other other creators but as more focused on music what problems do they have uh in the traditional industry at the moment what would you say are the top three i mean i've seen horror stories and i've heard like bands not getting paid but what would you say yeah so if i were to
1: pick Three problems. I would say there's a revenue problem, there's a creativity problem and there's a data slash relationship problem. So from the revenue problem it's the fact that artists don't have uh, many opportunities within their broader revenue mix to derive real income Uh, and that's because they um, don't make much money on their streams, they kind of don't make all that much money um, from their live tours now more than ever because of the issues associated with COVID Um, and when it comes to merchandise they're heavily reliant Um, but that also sometimes goes down when you when you're not touring too much Uh, and so it's fraught with issues and NFTs um, are a new um, product that um, liberates you to put stuff out there and be directly compensated so um, on Serenade you get 85% of the revenue from every sale um, which um, is a huge improvement upon kind of a traditional model where artists walk away with around twelve percent of um, of the value of goods they put out there. Um, then I would say there's a, there's a huge creative um, problem that NFTs are o- overcoming, which is that artists get into the game to to be creative, to put out things which challenge them, which excite them, which kind of are there to build their creative legacy Um, but then they're asked to fit into the formats of the industry and by the time they've been playing for 10 years their greatest creative liberation is kind of outlining what their box set's going to look like Mm -hmm. and now now kind of creatively nfts allow them to kind of do anything Um, and and whilst that can be daunting and kind of we are very good at helping artists through that daunting kind of number of opportunities and locating what what really matters Uh, the wonderful thing for me is I have calls with artists who are in their kind of 50s 60s um, and it's like their kids discovering a new toy because um, it allows them to do what they've always been driven to do Um, so that's the creative challenge and finally it's the the data relationship um, challenge of um, it's quite remarkable how Artists know less about their customer than the standard kind of clothing store down the road. Um, when you go into a clothing store down the road and you know what, let's say you walk down, you're buying some lingerie um, and, um, and you know what the, kind of the person at the counter says, or well, we know that last time you came in here, you bought kind of size X in kind of lovely purple. Um, and, and they know that about you and so they can serve you well and you walk out with another set of lingerie. What an odd example. Don't know why I got there. Um, but yeah, here we are. Um, uh, an artist doesn't sell many of their own goods. They don't sell their music. That's kind of sold on streaming platforms. They don't sell their tickets. They're sold by ticketing providers um, and they sell their, their merch and that is their real opportunity to, um, to understand um, who kind of their, their customer is. And so what NFTs do is they allow you to sell essentially merch at scale. You're selling to yeah. lots of people, um, but then you're not dropping the relationship. You're not leaving it. You're actually continuing to um, serve that customer over time. You're able to reward them and airdrop things to them. You're able to um, determine how eager a fan they are. If they are truly a super fan, you can follow that relationship and build it. Um, and for me, that's a wonderful advancement in how artists have always tried to serve super fans from yeah. a fan club model to where we are now. Yeah. Um, so how I go. That was three big things. That
0: was a re- very well descripted. Um, and the reason I think all the points are valid. I mean, one thing I would want to clarify is when we're the example you're using, what what level are these musicians at? Because obviously there's obviously up and coming and there's they, they, I suppose they may not be doing tours. So what level, what type of artists, and where they are in their career? There, you, you we you, um, we
1: believe we believe that everyone stands to benefit from NFTs. That as um, a top tier artist, obviously you can cast your net wide into whatever product you do, and that's fantastic. <laughs> um, but the real opportunity here is kind of emerging artists up to kind of mid-tier artists who might not be touring uh, much anymore or might be touring very actively and that's their only revenue stream because people aren't streaming them all that much. Um, And so NFTs are a wonderful way to kind of influence these large inflection points in in their revenue mix and and generate more income from the smaller pool of, of fans who really care about them. I always say that the the music industry is really unique in that a fan falls in love with a small artist because they're a small artist. You feel like you're there on day one and so you feel a greater sense of ownership over their career. I've gone to, I've felt like I was a super fan of an artist because I ended up at their first show and I went to the next five shows And I didn't even particularly like their their work. It was just the fact that me and a friend were there on day one and we decided to follow the story along. And NFTs allow you to actually have that experience of saying you were there early on and actually market in time because of the nature of these products being stamped with kind of time and place. And that providence is really exciting for a fan who wants to support artists and show that they're a bit of a tastemaker and show that they... Yeah, they support the kind of creative work that kind of their favorite artists produce.
0: Yeah, it's that like social proof, isn't it? Like I was there and I can prove it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think yeah, and, and, so, and, and so it's really like, I think lots of the um, music NFT platforms out there today, um, or actually just the broader NFT landscape is, is driven quite a bit by hype and, um, and often teams are wanting to chase the shiny things. Yeah. Uh, but I think the, the long lasting impact of, of this space is how can you serve the long tail of emerging artists who need this more than anyone else and because they need it they'll work for it yeah. um, they're the ones who actually put real creative effort into giving fans something great because like anything else it's a good product that sells mm-hmm. um, and an and artist who put good effort good creative thought into their work um, will find success
0: yeah, the the, the way I, based on a few things you said there, Max, is that the way I look on the, the music, the music industry at the moment. And then correct me if I'm wrong or if you disagree. Um, you have artists that they they build their audience, however they build the audience, try and get traction. They build the numbers. Then when they get the numbers, they can approach a, a major or a label and say, "Look, this is my numbers," and they can get signed and they get that big check, as it is. Whereas a film with NFTs they won't need to do that anymore because they can sell direct to their consumer and their fan base will support them financially uh, and they'll be able to just do what they want creatively. Um, is that, would Would you agree with that? Totally. And and the challenge is that
1: in, in that model that you set up of the traditional industry, yeah. uh, it's often when an artist is at their most vulnerable that they're approaching that label to say, hey, let's come to the table and make a deal. And that's not to say that labels are manipulative because they're not; they're providing a, a very honest role, but artists are not in a, uh, in a good position to negotiate. Mm-hmm. And what NFTs do is they show that an artist actually has a really strong asset behind them, which is their audience. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. so an artist can garner much more support and value from their audience than ever before through NFTs. And so it means that if they do wanna go down a label route, they can actually point to a few numbers and some wonderful things that they're doing uh, through NFTs. And they say, you know, I love what I'm doing over here. I could continue doing it and I'd do it quite well. But if you want me, um, then you need to come with a really good proposition. And so it just empowers an artist to have a louder voice um, in the room, which is a great outcome for the musical community.
0: Yeah, I want agree. And there's one thing I'm kind of wary of when it comes to NFT music and artists, because at the moment, looking on the outside of the NFT space, if you don't understand it, and you look at the art and artists selling pieces for millions of dollars and an artist might think, okay, then I want to come in, create music as an NFT and I'm going to make millions. Um, it doesn't work like that. I think if you're an artist and you're going to do create NFTs, your most important thing is going to be marketing. That's, that's what I think is needed. You may not need the labels to have distributed music, but marketing is so important. So I, I, I kind of feel that that's gonna be the new business model of the future labels. Now, I'm not sure how it is in Australia, but over here, uh, especially when it comes to like, more like UK rap and whatnot, we have platforms such as like uh, Grime Daily, SBTV, Jamal Edwards, God bless Jamal Edwards, uh, Mixtape Madness they have platforms where they produce, they, they push out artists and they get them traction. I feel they're going to be the new labels because they have all the leverage. They all have all the artists. They have the, the audience looking for different musicians. And if they make a transition now and pivot, I feel that they have a great opportunity. Um, what's, what's your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I, I believe that the role of a label is to... Uh, amplify the voice of an artist Mm -hmm. Uh, and so um, the wonderful thing about today is um, there are an increasing number of players that can amplify that voice and can be the extended team of an artist and so it's great that you you bring up the UK UK kind of rap grime drill scene because um, it's filled with independent artists who self-distribute or work with wonderful um, distributors um, around the UK to get their voice out. And they have such powerful social media presences um, and they work and they collaborate um, so often that they share audience. And so they can get by, but what they do need are people to support them with kind of brand and with reaching new audiences to grow. And that's wonderful. And, and label type entities can achieve that. But the great thing about NFTs and what they're proving kind of more broadly is that, you don't always need to go so broad. Yeah, Going big is not always kind of solving your problems as an artist. Mm -hmm. It is wonderful to be kind of on the kind of headlining a festival, being kind of centre stage. Fantastic. But you can actually achieve a really sustainable career by super serving your top 1,000 fans. So the model used to be kind of your true kind of 1,000 fans. If you own them, if you kind of serve them really well, then you'll be able to... of make success um, for yourself. But the new Web3 take on that is uh, if you actually nail who you are and serve 102 fans in the Web3 space, then those 102 fans will go on and they'll acquire your next bunch of fans because they'll be incentivized and empowered to see you succeed. So really, NFTs are saying start small and go big. And that's Serenade's premise. It's that the goal here isn't to cash in and try and milk your audience for as much as they've got. A fan doesn't mean that they're a wealthy fan. They're just a person who loves your work. And so you just need to bring people in on day one and empower them to be a part of your story. And then they'll go on and do the rest of the work.
0: Yeah. Gems. I love that. I love the way you put that together, Max. So yeah, that is so true. Um, I've, the way i've never really viewed it i mean when you explained it it, it is that for, for music and it makes a lot of sense so unless you're gonna grab that and and put it out there for people to uh, access and listen to all right and so let's talk about the platform Like right, so you guys this first of all we might as well mention the great partnership which got my attention you partnered with the brits which is amazing yes. um congratulations um, Thank you very much. one thing that stood out to me though is which was different from a lot of the other sites and you could put is the the affordability of these NFTs like 10 pounds like you when we talk talking NFTs you think thousands uh, and you've gone down that, that route so tell me is there any reason for that i mean what why
1: yeah so there there are a few reasons for it um one being that the Brits is a mainstream brand that reaches far and wide and so they wanted to ensure that they weren't alienating any members of their audience Mm -hmm. and so going in at a low price point is really important and we are able to go in at a low price point because we operate on the polygon blockchain which means we reduce uh, gas fees whilst kind of also being environmentally sustainable Uh, but um, back to my earlier point which is that a true fan doesn't always have to be a wealthy fan they just wanted to educate an audience, bring them into their orbit, um, and then they'll serve them over time and we're planning wonderful future things with the Brits. But because they only offered 250 editions of each of the 13 NFTs at £10 each, some of the the products that sold out quite quickly then sold on for a considerable amount on the secondary market, such that one of those £10 NFTs a day later was selling for £2,000 successfully. Um, And so that not only created a lot of money for a wonderful charitable cause, the Brits Mm -hmm. Trust. Mm -hmm. Um, But it meant that each additional owner who invested in the Brits initially was then in a position to profit from their contribution and benefit in part. And that's the really wonderful thing about NFTs. Like I'm a big merch consumer. Um, I almost only wear band tees. I'm currently wearing a Bring Me the Ryzen tee. And uh, earlier today, I unfortunately um, kind of marked one of my Killing Heidi t-shirts with a black marker when I was doing a bit of a whiteboarding session. You won't know Killing Heidi, but they're a wonderful nineties Australian rock band. Um, and and the thing about, um, well, the Killing Heidi tea was I bought that at the markets. Um, and when I spent my $25 on that tea, um, not one cent of that went back to the band. The bring me the Horizon tea, I did buy that from one of their shows. That's a different story. Yeah. Um, but, but the wonderful thing about um, NFTs with regards to, um, I guess, the Brits is that it doesn't matter where you start. Uh, it's the fact that you're bringing an audience into your, your brand. And in the future, if your brand remains relevant, fans will trade these goods. And on Serenade, the creator gets a 15% perpetual royalty. So the idea for someone like the Brits is How can we bring in as many people into our NFT orbit as possible so that we can then serve them over time? And each time we add more value to our brand, the value of these goods that are getting passed around will increase and we'll continue to grow our revenues. Mm. Um, And that's why what we tell lots of artists who might not have a big presence in the Web3 space, hey, they might not even know anything about it, um, is that you should start small um, start by giving something to your fans that they'll be able to benefit alongside with because um, then they're incentivized to help you on your mission and you'll grow from there. And that's why we're seeing people come back to us. We're seeing it work. Um, and in a few weeks time, we're releasing a, a huge amount of, of new tech to enhance both the artist and fan experience as well as to update the brand. And it's really all just quite exciting from here.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's another valid point, man, is a great introduction to Start small and then build and add, and add value, and then the fans will come and the fans will potentially trade on the secondary market when to proof in the pudding, where one selling for two thousand dollars. Like, does, does the, the Brit does a Brit Awards NFT come with um, any utility? Or-
1: yeah, so so you as a fan went in the running to win VIP tickets to the Brits for next year, okay? Um, but but, but what, I, what I will say about about pricing is it's really interesting if we go back uh kind of six to eight months or even a bit longer maybe a year now um some of the the best um nft um projects have been either free to claim or a, at a very low price point um and it's because they just wanted to get people into orbit so i think a board eight was around um, $200. Is it, was it, um $200. yeah I, yeah i think it was like um point like zero eight eth yeah. um at the time uh, I think CryptoPunks were just a free to claim. Yeah. Um, and these projects have gone on to be worth real amounts of money because they just brought in people on the promise of we're gonna build something here. Um, we're gonna build a community and then that community is gonna add value to our overall mission over time. Um, it's not about just cashing in on day one because that shows that you're not that confident as a creator um, that what you've got is gonna have lasting value because you need to make all the money up upfront. Um, That might be a little bit of a negative view because I totally back anyone that can successfully make a bunch of money for themselves on day one because good on you as a creator to be able to generate revenue for your efforts. Um, But I am saying that there is an alternate path, which is kind of starting small and building up over time in a way that brings in your audience, doesn't alienate anyone based on their kind of their wealth or socioeconomic status. Um, That's the world that I want to be in.
0: Well, I think I think what you're saying there, that's changed over time. The behavior of this space has changed due to the the amounts of money involved. I feel people came in and sit before when, when the board eights came, there was, there was probably um one project, one or two projects a week, PFP projects a week, if that and now there's probably hundreds a week. A few more. A few more. Probably, yeah, probably yeah, yeah, within the thousands, probably, but yeah, like the behavior changes. So what do you think it's gonna take? Uh, for it to change to what we're talking about for people to take that approach to the space?
1: I think the space is becoming increasingly um, commodified from a the number of players getting into it, the types of projects being put out. And so I think naturally people will default to kind of traditional pricing of goods like an NFT. So you'll have uh, NFTs that do mirror Um, a an art kind of a a physical piece of art um, price and so as a one-off you will um, be expected to pay a real amount of money for those goods Um, but then for additions of um, other products um, you will default to more merchandise like pricing. Uh, I think there are really obvious comparisons to be made um, with Kind of music NFTs to the broad spectrum of merchandise. You've got the really affordable items that any punter can walk into kind of a store or kind of go to a merch desk and, and buy. Um, but then there are the VIP experiences that um, you think one day when I grow up, maybe I'll be able to afford these. Um, and, and that's the spectrum that an artist has to play with. And, and often it's um, a good idea to have a balance of, of price points in different products. So you can appeal to different segments of your audience. Um, But the thought of kind of creating something with the mandate of I'm going to find some kind of dude out there who has a million dollars lying around to throw at my JPEG is not a a, a kind of sustainable model. And of hats off to the person who does capture a whale. um, But that's frankly a risky way to go about your career. Um, And ultimately it might alienate those fans who really have always loved you and want to participate in what you create.
0: Yeah. And it goes back to what you said before is understanding who are your fans. Yeah. A lot of of artists don't really understand that, but once you do, then you can provide value for that fan base. And then you've got a better idea of what price range you're going to put your NFTs at.
1: Yeah. There's, it's, it's always wonderful growing your audience. If you're finding people that care about you, that are interested to hear what you have to say uh, but sometimes there is an easy opportunity on the table, which is super serving those people in front of you. And if you want to kind of throw an NFT project at your existing audience and they don't and they don't know anything about it, then you need to make sure that you reduce friction. Um, yeah. And the greatest friction right now is the fact that let's talk about, you know, I'm at my desk, I'm looking at a orchestral maneuvers in the dark record. Um, And uh, as a fan of orchestral maneuvers in the dark, chances are on the Venn diagram, I might not be a kind of crypto user. I might not have a digital wallet. Uh, And so um, if orchestral maneuvers in the dark want to put out a great NFT project, um, they can, and, and it looks great. It's creative. It's kind of a wonderful reference to their catalog or vision for the future. Um, then what they can do is present it in a way that it's just like a piece of merch that the fans buying. So they go onto a website, they make a purchase done on Serenade. When you sign up, we create a digital wallet on your behalf. When you go to make a purchase, you use your credit or debit card because you're from the UK, you've got pounds done simple. We're not asking a lot of you. Uh, And, and that's the thing you need to be thinking about as an artist. Like, what am I asking of my fans? If my fans already know a lot about crypto, then epic, fantastic. Sell them something that connects to what they know. But if they don't, and you want to put out great creative work, then do it in a way they understand, make it simple, demystify it, use technology that is as kind of abstracted and simplified as serenades, because we help artists achieve those revenue and fan engagement outcomes when they don't already have a connection to Web3.
0: So you know the wallets that you create. For example, it's great that you create an easier process for fans that don't really, are not really crypto native. But if the NFTs are in the wallet that you create, you create. If the way, if they educate themselves at a later stage, can do you still hold custody of the NFTs, or can you access them, send them to a metamask wallet at a later stage?
1: It, exactly. So you can transfer your NFT to any wallet out there. So we Perfect. produce Polygon NFTs, mm-hmm. uh, and um, as such we're an Ethereum layer two um, product and you can transfer us to any wallet that is um, a kind of ERC 720 um, product. Um, and so wonderfully, if you want to trade on OpenSea, go you good thing.
0: Okay, so let's talk about the platform Like we were talking about, Polygon and whatnot. So you, you've, you've gone down the Polygon route, more so for the, the eco-friendly, less gas fees, proof of stake, that's great. Um, obviously there's not, I mean, is there any reason why you specifically gone for Polygon? Is it the fact that it's on Ethereum or is, or because there's obviously other solutions out there like Tezos, uh, Solana, like offer these solutions to also. So why have you gone down the, the Polygon route?
1: Polygon initially solved, I guess, our three problems. One being we needed it to be very affordable for fans who don't always have deep pockets. And so having uh, essentially no gas fees was important. And uh, So Serenade bears all gas fees on behalf of artists and fans. So artists can be liberated to put more uh, work out there and expect um, fans to not have to spend so much um, such that they would put out lots of work. Um, Then from a environmental sustainability standpoint, we produce NFTs um, that are 44,000 times more carbon uh, efficient than a normal Ethereum NFT. Uh, And so the music industry and kind of uh, analogy that we use is that you would have to produce 197,000 serenade NFTs to equal the carbon footprint of a single 12-inch record. Um, um, and, and finally, um, which is most important, is that we want to remain in the Ethereum ecosystem because this is where the fun's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we want to be where innovation is taking place, where there is customer activity. And so being in the Ethereum ecosystem as opposed to being associated with Tezos or Solana, both kind of brilliant offerings, is important to us because we believe in Ethereum and we want to be associated with its scalability.
0: Okay, so moving to, carrying on from a book talking about the, obviously, Polygon, you've got smart contracts, you've got 50% royalties, which is great on the secondary market, um, 15, 15.
1: 15. I said so, 15. I didn't say 15. Oh, so I thought you said 15. I was like, that, is, yeah. that would be wonderful for an artist, but terrible for an owner.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, 15%. But um, the question to ask is, uh, I think it's the case for a lot of platforms at the moment, is once it come, someone tries to trade it off your platform, um, the interoperability in regards to the, the claim, them, them royalties. Uh, yes. Is it, what What are you doing about that?
1: Um. So we... We've done some really novel things with our smart contracts to allow for uh, royalties to be uh, gathered in, in perpetuity. So we've created a smart contract factory so that when you as an artist sign up to Serenade, Serenade produces a unique smart contract on your behalf. That smart contract is a traditional smart contract, but it also comes with a royalty splitter so that you can set your bespoke royalties for each individual product. Um, So if you worked with five different collaborators um, on a body of work, you can have money go direct to them. Uh, And then the wonderful thing is that you can also update that in the future if your rights holders change. So it's very important in the music industry for there to be some flexibility because your label today might not be your label tomorrow. Whoever owns part of your catalog today might change in the future. And so we've created that flexibility. Um, and we've ensured that if your Serenade NFT finds its way onto OpenSea, finds its way onto a wherever it is, um, that that income will trickle back into your kind of wallet that we helped you create, and you will be able to pump that money back into any location
0: you like. So, how have you? I mean, how, how have you done that? Because obviously, how how does it work? I mean, there, there could be at the moment. There's probably a limited amount of NFT music platforms, but that's going to grow over time. So are you partnering with all these platforms or anyone that pops up that you think is
1: so so it's not that you you don't have to go through actual partnership arrangements where you have conversations and say hey of jackie (laughs) let's get down to business um it's that uh for each platform that respects um the of open zeppelin standards um of smart contract production which is increasingly everyone, that those royalties will be respected. Um, But you're right in saying that it's not, It's your NFTs can go to peculiar places where there are opportunities to manipulate and deceive. These are becoming a minority because they're not trusted locations. Mm -hmm. And paramount to the Web3 space and and people within it is trust. Um, And so trusted platforms, the ones that adhere to artist royalties, and that's why we're confident that these, the promise of perpetual royalties is one that will only become stronger over time
0: okay so a, a question to ask and I think um this is more so for someone who's just kind of new to the space what's going to be what's different from you from what's the difference from OpenSea and yourself because yeah everyone's going to go to OpenSea because that's the biggest marketplace uh, a lot of the times and but then yourself why would somebody go to Serenade uh, as a musician
1: so several reasons. One is the simplicity of Serenade. So um, as a customer, we don't expect you to know anything about digital wallets, blockchain, NFTs to come on board. We just expect you to come with a love of music and a willingness to buy great things associated with artists you care about. We've focused on the end to end experience of buying that NFT and then exhibiting it. So everyone gets a very pretty gallery that Uh, they can use to kind of share and show friends who they've got, what they've bought. Um, Then it is that environmental sustainability element. Everything that we do as a business from Polygon to our operations as an operator um, is how can we reduce our carbon footprint so that we can help be a solution to the climate crisis. Mm -hmm. Um, Then it's all the very unique music industry nuances that we work with, such as chart accreditation, Um, so that's very important in the industry to ensure that artists can get a number one hit and we enable that through nfts Um, it's um, things like how we uh, allow for different splits and accounting that is um, that kind of carries an understanding of the music industry Um, it's how we respect rights uh, and understand the qualities of rights in the music industry so this is where it gets a little bit kind of less sexy. Um, But the music industry is no simple place, Sean, you must understand. Um, And and it's by deeply understanding the industry and empathizing with it and being curious as to how it works, that you can build solutions that make it easier for artists to produce art. Because I I can't can't say I remember the stat of um, how much work on OpenSea has carried rights that the kind of minters don't have access to, but it's a vast majority. Um, and on Serenade, that's not an issue because we work closely with rights holders of all kinds to get work out there, which gives artists and their kind of partners the confidence that they're working with a trusted
0: partner. Yeah. And yeah, I'm I'm just like taken back. I love the fact that it's so in-depth and detailed and thought about in regards to working with the industry. This is, not, this is what is needed to cover all aspects, not just to create an NFT and say, okay, great, here you go, buy an NFT. Like you, you're actually thinking about. Even the chart association, I didn't even think about that. To be fair, like, but that that makes sense.
1: <laughs> I, I I used to have lots of hobbies. I used to do many things. Now I do music NFTs. Yeah. Ask my mother. Ask my girlfriend. <laughs> ask my brothers. I used to be broad, and here we are. This <laughs> platform is very detailed. I'm very very passionate about this space, as is the Serenade team, and we're doing it very deliberately to make a global impact yeah. um, and we believe that we'll only achieve that if we work really diligently empathetically and creatively
0: and another thing that I like that you're doing is that you haven't isolated out the, the the labels or the publishers or whatnot you're you're actually working with them which is something real interesting because you understand that um, so that is right isn't it <laughs>
1: that, that is correctly like I always say that we're not a disruptor we're an enabler Um, And and then I use this line, which sounds like it kind of is very marketing-y, but I'm going to say it again because I believe in it. I believe that anything that contributes towards the tapestry of fandom has a role on Serenade. And what that means is if you are an IP holder, if you have copyright, if you have things that a fan would love to have, then we would love to find a way to work with you because it's all about making fans happy whilst creating revenue streams for artists. And often it is a balance because sometimes the IP holder of an artist related good isn't connected to that artist anymore. Mm -hmm. We wanna work with the artist. We want to forge a relationship between an artist and a fan, but we wanna include also the owners of great things associated with those artists so that fans can walk away with a really great experience. And it's about understanding all of that, having a laser focus on what the mission is um, and going about our day.
0: Yeah. Matt, that brings me to the question is, can an artist create NFTs if they are signed to a label?
1: Totally. As a signed artist, you own your name, you own your brand, you own the things that people care most about, access to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it's funny because so much about... Um, and, people artists are constantly thinking as a signed artist, what can I really do if I can't do things with my music? Or what about a kind of a zoom conversation with you? What about guest list access at a show? What about um, a signed drawing? What about a lyric sheet? What um, about all of these types of merch parallel or VIP experience, ancillary experiences? These are the things that fans care most about that they really believe in and now there's a way for artists to price those goods effectively and it's all them it yeah. doesn't rely on their publisher their label it's their brand their identity it's what social media has shown um, artists and fans is that when you have a following behind you you can monetize that beyond just the
0: work that got you there yeah and to touch on you mentioned like a simple simple fact of what can an artist do like you've got to think about what, what i would really look at is collectibles is massive, memorabilia is massive within within uh, within this the real world apart of the NFT space. It's the markets within the billions, and I know that there was one um, John Lennon lyric sheet sold Sotheby's for one point something million in I think it was in two thousand, two thousand ten I think it was. I think it was. Um, but the fact that something like that is selling in the real world, it will real hold it will hold value in the NFT space, and it will work a lot better. Um, I feel uh, because you've got the problems. and I think another thing that we we don't really touch on is um, estate owning your estate for your for the future, even when you pass away. Companies make millions off musicians when they pass away because uh, they don't own the, the actual estate or whether the music. And obviously, I'm sure the musician would want that to go to their family. So creating an NFT gives that possibility of you being able to own something and making sure the value goes. To your family at a later stage.
1: Yeah, I um like anyone who pay, pays close attention to music news every week. You read about some wonderful artist who sells their catalog for four hundred million dollars to a wonderful major label, and I'm very happy for that artist and the family of that artist. Whenever I see one of those headlines, mm-hmm. but I'm always like, how wonderful would it be if that artist could have monetized their catalog more effectively than selling it? Because yes, you get a huge paycheck and God, $400 million, that would be wonderful. Um, But um, ultimately, what NFTs are showing and um, all the direct to consumer um, revenue streams are being created in the music industry and just creative communities more broadly is that there are opportunities to create healthy revenue streams by just monetizing your work in creative ways instead of parting with it. And the great thing about not parting with your copyright is. It will always be with you. It will be with your family. It is your legacy. Um, and who knows what's coming around the door tomorrow, the door, the corner tomorrow? Um, this will be um, kind of keeping your rights is the way to ensure that you're de-risked on what that possibility could be.
0: Okay, so what? Give me an examples. Anything that you think of that? Okay, apart from what you guys are doing, with entities and, and music, how can what what kind of things are you looking forward to? innovation-wise for artists to do in the NFT space?
1: I always go back to a conversation I had two years ago with an Australian super fan in his 60s or 70s who told me that he'd been a part of every fan club in Australia since Elvis in the 60s. Um, And he said that the first Sunday of every month, he would go to the Adelaide Town Hall um, and he would be joined by other Elvis fans who would all be showing off different Elvis memorabilia that they'd collected. And they would take turns on a slide projector showing off different postcards and whatever else. Um, And what always resonated with me from that conversation was that um, Elvis never traveled to Australia. His manager wouldn't allow him to. uh, And so Elvis was never there in the room with those fans. The fans themselves were empowered to build this community together and to derive joy and the sense of belonging through that common love. Uh, And I believe wholeheartedly in the joy of coming together as as common music fans. It's the reason I love being in a mosh pit. It's the reason I love going to a show even if I don't know the artist too well because you feel the joy of, of having those commonalities. Uh, And in the NFT space, I'm excited for once there is more adoption of um, these technologies and once more more fans have come on board, once the projects get kind of more far reaching and these intimate communities will become more mainstream uh, and fans will be able to kind of co-create with each other, meet each other uh, and actually find a greater sense of belonging online in a way that hasn't been achieved to date and won't rely on the continued work of artists who are already overworked. Um, mm-hmm. Artists want to be artists, not influencers. Um, and whilst I think products like Patreon are unbelievable for some creator classes that are used to pumping out content on a monthly basis, musical artists are not and NFTs promise a more kind of workable solution
0: for the music community. Okay, so moving on, what you were talking about online communities and people connecting, which I think is great. So we might as well kind of veer into the the, the world of the metaverse. Obviously, the, the buzzword of the, of twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two is what does that look like for music? I mean, I, I always see I, I always already see a little bit of part of it, like in gaming, like Fortnite concerts and whatnot. I see it working there. How, how does it look for you um, with NFT music, and how can it? what kind of things can be applied what can they do different in this world that they're not already doing in the real world
1: I'm going to give you two answers I'm going to start with the one that I should say and then I'm going to end with the one that I want to say Um, the (laughs) um, the one that I should say is that what we're doing with Serenade is we're creating the artist shop front for them to sell anything that a fan would want to exhibit in the metaverse either as a kind of asset on a wall or as merch to wear, Um, we are the Web3 merch desk for an artist. Um, And so whatever happens in the metaverse, we are the simple and easy way for an artist to access a fan in that space. That's the way that we've designed our smart contracts to be portable. Um, It's the way that we're building out our shop fronts and galleries to be simple and and built for scale. Mm -hmm. That's the metaverse answer. The, the response that I want to give is that the only bet that I'm making at this moment is that, artists, that, that fans love artists, that fans love anything that an artist puts out there if it authentically represents who they are and what they're doing. So I'm not betting on the metaverse at this point in time. I'm betting on fandom. Mm -hmm. I'm betting on the same behaviors that have existed for the last 50 years. And I'm betting on the fact that they're going to continue for another 50 years and that NFTs offer a better way to solve, or not to solve, a better way to articulate the same passion and love that fans have had for artists forever and will continue to.
0: Okay. Uh, Okay, a lot of respect that answer. I like it. So talk to me about, I, I think social tokens is a great thing um that isn't really highlighted as much but I think as we go on uh it's it's gonna grow um how do you see that serving a purpose for artists I think it's going to be a great a way for artists to connect with their audience um, but what's what's your thoughts totally
1: I I believe that um and if an artist can invite an audience into their kind of community to be an owner and a of a native currency to who they are, what they do, that can unlock experiences in a closer proximity to that artist. That is a take on the modern fan club. I'm entirely behind that. Uh, I, um, my, my question mark um, is always that even kind of the conversate, the, the, the label of a social token is um, alienating from an educational perspective for many artists. And so I think it does erect another barrier for some artists to participate. But I think as the technology becomes more commonplace um, and the language around it becomes more understood, then more artists will be able to participate uh, in it. Um, But I'm entirely supportive of social tokens. Uh, We're doing some stuff in the space um, shortly, um, particularly with hip hop artists. um, And I'm eager to see it work because um, it allows an artist to generate a a real healthy amount of income for kind of commercializing their brand. I will say, um, as a kind of response to my earlier Patreon remark, that the the social token can still be quite challenging for an artist because it does rely on you working on it over time. Um, whereas an NFT doesn't rely on you being the force of development forever. It relies on you being a a perpetual brand and people caring about you forever, but your fans can take over. Putting out social tokens, no, I, I, you you
0: still need to be behind the wheel. What as an up and coming artist, as an emerging artist, if you have no funds at all, like it's almost if you offer a social token for that thousand diehard fans, um then awesome. they can, then they then can then be rewarded awesome. forever based on supporting you to get to where you where they believe you can get to. I mean, I, I, I always. Ed Sheeran is an example. Like he was on SB TV. Nobody really cared about him at that time. But let's say he had a social token and people invested in him at, so, at an early stage to the, to the person he's become. It may I'm always curious, and I want to hear your thoughts on this. Is that the whole DeFi aspect of giving a per, maybe percentage of your, your your song or percentage of your earnings, your future earnings. Is that something you feel that's gonna feel that's gonna be around? Um and so
1: is. Who, who's Ed Sheeran, is Ed Sheeran that artist that just collaborated with that sick rock band Bring Me the Horizon? I don't know, <laughs> <Is he? laughs> yeah, I don't know,
0: I am I'm, I'm, I'm having fun with <laughs> it. I know, I know you are, but I don't know the, I don't know the band, that's what I'm saying, I don't know
1: You don't know Bring Me the Horizon, shame on, well you now,
0: have, you now have are you going to have to educate, me? You're gonna be day gonna educate me you
1: to educate me, all right, cool <laughs> uh, But no, I, I think um, again there are, there are clear opportunities to, bl- to blur the, r- the lines of, of DeFi and musical fandom because uh, if you can invest in an artist you care about and you can share in their success, uh, then you are investing in a, in a more impactful way. Uh, I do think that it is important when you are positioning yourself as an artist there to be invested in that you um, understand that you're kind of treating yourself as a investable entity um, and, and then that carries, um, its own risks, but I think it it gets fans, it gets people to be closer to you. If people are really supporting you, then that's wonderful. And um, over time, as um, more of the revenue streams that power the music industry um, become transparent and therefore can be plugged into, um, I guess, places that simplify the, raw, the kind of distributions, it means that your promise of ownership can actually be a reality because I think right now, um, when an artist puts out an NFT where they say that a percentage of my royalties, will, of, of my income from royalties will always go to you. Um, I'm always like, God, you don't know what headaches you're getting yourself into. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and to a fan today, I think the, the dream is, is better than the reality because you're paying five grand for 0.0001% of a song. And that 0.0001% of a song is never going to net five grand. Um, and so there are some things to be ironed out today, um, but I think high level backing a favorite artist, whether you call it investing or supporting is a wonderful thing.
0: Okay. So let's talk about you personally as a, as a, as a, a fan of music. Um, have you collected any, any music and NFTs yourself?
1: Of course I have. Well, I, I, I buy it. Um, yeah. I, I buy um, lots of the things that I love on Serenade, but I'll talk about the one that I missed, um, which okay. Um, was the Carter and Richardson um, wonderful um, artwork of a skull that is forever floating on the eternal blockchain um, that I was um, bidding on until I got told off by a member of my team because um, he thought that it looked like I was bidding it up, which would be unethical. But no, I just wanted to buy it. I loved it. Um, And so then the public took it away from me, um, and that was wonderful. Um, I think um, there are lots of releases that... Um, are coming up over the next few weeks that I'm very excited about. Um, And I'm loving the work of other platforms out there. I think what Rawl is doing is wonderful. I love sound, X, Y, Z. There's a lot of great work being done. And ultimately, every customer that any music NFT platform wins um, will help every NFT platform out there. Um, And so I'm in favor of collaboration, of learning from each other, um, and I know I've learned a lot from platforms like um, Sound XYZ. Um, and I have had conversations with people who've learned about kind of how to reach fans in a simple and demystified way through Serenade. Uh, and I'm just excited for the world to come, which is more artist friendly um, and which delivers more value to
0: fans. Okay, I, I love that. So uh, I feel like you've got a real hold on especially it comes to NFT, NFT music but NFTs as a whole I'd love to hear your how you see things in the next day the next 10 years you wake up what does the world look like to you with NFTs so at you wake up in the morning what's the first thing you do um and just just involve NFTs where, where does NFTs fit in your, your everyday life
1: you're very complimentary Sean and I don't think um that I do um but I, I don't believe that I am a true master of NFTs broadly. I think I have a very developed understanding of how they apply to the music yeah. industry. Um, and uh, and that's why when people ask me a question like, Max, if I gave you $1,000 to invest in NFTs, what would I do? Um, I say, I wouldn't have a clue um, because I collect NFTs. Mm-hmm. Um, I collect them to show off my love, my passion, my kind of enjoyment of work of creators. That's my motivation and I think... In ten years to come, I think there'll be kind of full communities of fandom formed around um, these bodies of work, and I think that they will be prerequisites to unlocking wonderful experiences. Um, and I think we will know people um, increasingly by what they own, and therefore what that means about them. I think all of these things are, are coming up um, very soon. I think artists will be able to live on um, live on the kind of support of a smaller pool of of fans and I think they will do more varied work uh, and I'm excited to see what that varied work looks like because I'm a fan who wants to see more and more different stuff and I think I'll get it because of technology like NFT.
0: Okay yeah I love I love that answer and there's, I'm going to add something I'm going to squeeze a little bit more out here just before we go um, is do you see the traditional industry running alongside NFTs or does it disrupt and change that industry for good because we've seen that we've seen internet have that's changed internet's changed a lot of industries uh so does it what does it do to the music industry
1: i think the music industry has always been um an ecosystem which has developed supported and produced art and i think it will continue to do that i think the structure of um the industry will change uh, i think um the label model, as you said, um, will evolve. I think the uh, offering of a streaming platform will evolve. Uh, I think um, power structures will shift. And fortunately, I think they will shift in favor of creators because that's where, um, that's where the real work happens. Um, that's what fans care about. And increasingly it is feasible, achievable and simple for a creator to do the hardest work themselves.
0: Well, I think that's um, a nice round off ending to the podcast episode, Max. Thank you for your time today. And uh, I think so many gems for the listeners and watchers to kind of have your insight to the space and I think it'll help people understand what things will will possibly look like in the future. And also what Serenade are doing. Um, They're leading the way for that so um great things to come i expect a lot of more things to come in the the future from you guys where can people find yourself or obviously serenade
1: um you can find serenade at serenade.co and i'm grossly deficient on twitter followers um and you can
0: find me at max underscore Shand. perfect perfect all right well thank you again um everyone stay listening and stay blessed